This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, this is Matt. Kose. Mark. Ian. James. Mel. Zach. This is David. This is PSG Talking. Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello and welcome back to another episode of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and I'm going to try really, really hard to remember how to do one of these since it's been a little while since we've recorded. Joining me today are PSG Talk contributors Guillaume, Kose, and Matt. Let's start with Guillaume. How are you doing? How are you holding up under these uh, uncertain times? I miss football so much. <laughs> I miss football so much. I have dreams about it um i didn't i i didn't know it would be that hard everything else uh, california started uh early the confinement and uh stats show show it was the right thing but i mean it's okay it's getting a little long isn't it it is yeah we're and i don't know if you're watching this on youtube uh, at least Kosei and I, we're, we've got long hair here so uh it's it's been pretty brutal but uh Kosei, how are you holding up well, you know, it's going. Um, that would be the main phrase I would describe it with. Um, I think it's been pretty, you know, chaotic trying to find balance and motivation to do the things that we're still, you know, trying to do and we're supposed to do. Um, but it's all, you know, down to us uh, to adopt and just, you know, keep getting better at just going on with life in this in this way. I was a little bit happy at the beginning because I was like, yeah. Valencia is like riddled with injuries and we're going to be able to <laughs> get a bunch of these players back. But like Guillaume said, it's starting to get a little too long at this point. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And, and helping to make this podcast international, we have Matt over in the UK. How are things over there? How are you and your family holding up? And hopefully it's not as bad as it is here in America. Hopefully you have some decent well, leadership over there. <laughs> uh, you joker. <laughs> I mean, I do like looking over to the US because it's the only country where our government is competent in comparison. <laughs> so we lock, we are locked down now. We, we locked down really late and a lot of people are dying. It's not funny, really. A lot of people are dying every day. It's very sad. Uh, but we're all right. We're, we're coping. I've been in the house for five weeks with my children. And <laughs> I haven't killed any of them. None of them are seriously injured. So that's a win <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And um, yeah, no, it's pretty, it's pretty good. The weather's been nice, so I can't, can't complain too much, really. But uh, I'll be pleased. But, be pleased when it's over as well. But Matt, Matt, the coronavirus, PSG is going to win the Champions League. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's like yin and yang. You know, it's like yeah. If yeah, there, yeah. If there ever was a team right? to win a uh, a Champions League, that'll have an asterisk next to it. It's definitely going to yeah. be PSG. 100%. It's us. So when I was going through trying to come up with a rundown for today's show, I thought, well, there's been no football for a month and a half, so it's going to be really hard. But actually, there's been quite a bit of news. So one one topic that came up recently that I want to get your thoughts on that kind of hit Twitter, I believe it was like Sunday night, was the report about Alex Tellez from uh, FC Porto. Um, is he, in your opinion, is he the best left back available this summer? And what do you see him bringing to the team? It's been reported around a 25 million euro move Chelsea Barcelona some big clubs are also after him uh, we'll start Kose what do you think about this potential move it's not final but it's from all reports it seems like any day now it could be finalized 
Yeah, um, I was actually reading about it. And personally, um, as a player, I really like um, Alex Deyes. I've seen him play a bunch, uh, especially in the Liga with Real Betis, which is most of where he spent last season. Um, and I think he's very, very solid, super, super quick, um, and has a fantastic technical ability. I would point out that defensively, I think he's not that great. Um, so, you know, in my mind, I envision us going for players that will make our defense stronger. Um, and I think that he could be a liability defensively just because during his time at Porto, he was uh, mostly a wide forward. Um, and then he was like kind of readapted into that left wing back position, um, you know, through all of the, the time he spent at, at, at Betty. So I think he's definitely a solid choice. Um, and I think that we could get him for a, for a pretty for a pretty good deal. And I think that would be really um, what is pushing the club to get it. But is he the best left, left back we could get right now? Um, I, I'm not sure about that. And see, I, I started with you because I knew you would get his name pronunciation correct. So thank you for correcting me on that one. Um, so basically what you're saying is maybe he's a slightly better version of Laban Kurzawa, who is expected to leave this summer. Is kind of where you're at? Yeah, that's okay. kind of well. <laughs> I feel Great. like his football IQ is a lot higher. Okay. Uh, he, he does know how to play in a team, but but he, that's kind of the same style, I, w- I would think. Yes. Okay. Uh, Guillaume? What are your thoughts on the move? Uh, for $25 million, yeah. Just yeah. Go, yeah, do it, yeah. Oh, of course. Um, I, I liked Sandro better, and there were um, rumors of a potential deal with Juve. Rumors, I mean, the media is trying to sell news, you know. Yeah. But I don't see Juve selling uh, or letting uh, Pjanic go. I don't really see why Pjanic would be part of the deal. Pjanic Sandro against Icardi. I don't see you really letting uh, Pjanic go. He's like a system player. What about Sandro, uh, though? Sandro and Icardi straight well, up, maybe? Sa- I, li- I, li- I like Sandro better than, than Tejas. Okay. I pronounced it well. Yeah. Um, but Tejas is now pronounced it poorly. Um, <laughs> it's solid. It's, it's a great... It, technically... Uh, in terms of, of speed and, and te- technical ability and crossing ability, um, even if uh, uh, in all left back situation, we have a good cross. But um, no, he'd be great for the price, he'd yeah. be great. And he's a um, bit of a, a free kick specialist, too. I saw some videos of him, so he'd be good there. Although okay. we do have Angel Di Maria and Neymar. Yeah. Um, but the club. Other rumors were mentioning the three main uh, targets are left back, right back, and midfield for now. So, um, right back. Ooh. Ooh. But anyway, I'm, I'm steering off the, the discussion point here. So, yeah, Sandro over Teles, but for $23, 25000000 million, yeah. Teles is phenomenal. And, uh, Matt- and he would get... He would get uh, a better situation in Paris, I'm sorry, than in all the clubs you mentioned earlier. Um, Financially and in terms of playtime, he'd be a a tough competitor to Bernat not in in Barca, in in Real or Chelsea or whatever. Uh, He would get a lot more competition. And uh, Matt, do you rate Tellez, Tellez? Do you rate him higher than Uh, Bernat? 
Um, I'm gonna. I'll defer to my learned friends on this one because I didn't really know who this guy was before this podcast. So I've been watching some videos on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, he looks alright. Like I think, it, like you said, it seems like a sign of opportunity to be honest. Just because he's only got a year left on his contract and he's quite cheap. Uh, he's quite a decent age. You know, 27. You're sort of mid-career, probably quite reliable. You know what you're going to get, sort of thing. I seems like a fairly fairly low risk thing to do, and I think that you can afford because I obviously my extensive YouTube scouting, I noted as well that he's a lot better going forward than he is defensively. But I think if we're going to have, depends what we're going to do on the other side, right? I think we've talked before about having Carrera right back gives you a very solid defensive option that gives the sort of other, the fullback on the other side, the license to bomb on a bit because then the defenders can shuffle across and blah, blah. So yeah, I mean, I don't think it seems like a fairly, fairly low risk deal. And obviously I'm sure Leonardo knows him quite well got the old Brazilian connection going on so um yeah quite happy with that one if it's if it's going to happen in theory yeah well game you already mentioned him Mario Cardi so let's talk about those players who could be departing this summer quite a few of our, our players are on expiring contracts Tiago Silva Cavani Kurzawa Chupa Moting I know we're all going to shed a tear when he leaves so quite a few Munier is another one uh do you Rico, think that any of yeah yeah. So, do you think any of these players should be retained? There's been some news that maybe Silva, maybe Cavani, potentially. Do you think any of them will be retained? And to that point, what do you do with Mauro Cardi at the end of his loan? There's a couple options there. You could just let him go back to Inter Milan. You could sign him. You could pay the seventy million and keep him and, and play him next season, or you know buy him and then sell him on or in a trade package with Juventus or someone else. So. Take everything that I just said there, and, and Guillaume, what do you think we should do with all these players? Ooh. Um, well, let's start with Italy. I mean, who are you going to get for 70 million who's world-class as a striker? Not too old. Or he knows the club, or knows the player. Dismiss the, 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 the bull crap we hear in the media. Oh, he's got personal issues. at part. No, he doesn't. Um, the, the right way to handle that would be to extend Cavani for a year mm. if he, he doesn't find, you know, a shoe as his size, um, but, like, cut down his salary by half mm -hmm. and tell him he's going to be uh, number two. And that, that you know, he's a, he's a smart and wise guy and be like, yeah, of course, now we, it's a transition time. Icardi's going to be no, number one. Cavani will come from the bench, divide his salary, and, and uh, the Icardi situation is all straightened up. Um, why would he go to Inter Milan? I mean, it's, we're not a huge club, but at this point in time, we are a bigger club than Inter Milan. Mm -hmm. We don't have the trophy room of Inter Milan and the museum of Inter Milan. But right now, we're a better club. Um, so he would get probably more exposure staying at Paris Saint-Germain. All the other players, uh, well, Kurzawa probably is gone. Yeah. Meunier, uh, it's kind of weird how they treat him. And there's not <laughs> many, you know, any decent right back available for, for a, a decent price, too. Um, Silva is the real. Uh, they should transition, too. Extend mm -hmm. him one year, get his salary, uh, get Koulibaly in, 
Uh, uh, but we're talking about Kudibali, probably 80 million. Well, see, that, that's what uh, I was uh, thinking. If you were to take Icardi, there's, I mean, been rumors, there's rumors that Napoli tried to sign him. So what if you were to take Icardi and say, hey, Icardi, Koulibaly, straight up, would you do that deal? I mean, if, would, do you think Napoli would do that? No, they would ask for more money because mm. uh, Koulibaly is 27, 28, mm. and uh, Cavani is going to get 34, 35. Mm. Um, or no, but, Icardi, uh, not, yeah. not, uh, not Cavani, Icardi, sorry. Oh, 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 Icardi, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't do the deal. Okay. No, we can't, we can't lose Icardi. Well, the, Shupo is going, but... <laughs> Shupo's going to be gone. Yeah. So who's going to be our number nine? Uh, if the Cavani situation, the club has some um, potential to... How can I say that? Cavani is a, has all the, the, the cards in his hands now, mm-hmm. really. It's, it's, you know, it's a super high salary, but the club seems to manage that fine. Um, but we, we, he, he doesn't talk, he doesn't say anything, and he never has. So we, we don't really know what he wants. Does he want to extend or not? I think the club should extend him for a year. We need transitions. It's going to be transitional years. If Silva goes, Cavani goes, those guys have been at the club for years. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're the starters, they're the stars. It'd be, um, it'd be difficult for the team and the club to, to handle. Yeah. So ideally we extend them for a year, but um, now it's a matter of money. If you want to sign Koulibaly, that's going to be 80 million. Uh, we need to keep Icardi, that's going to be 70, 80 million. And who's, who are we going to sell? Nobody, because I was free, money yeah. free. Maybe Draxler uh, you could we, sell, but you know Nasser came Drax- out and said that there's going to be colossal financial implications just due to the coronavirus. Um, hitting PSG, so they can absorb that. But you're right; it, it is going to impact them in the transfer window. It's impacting everybody. So maybe the 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 amounts we mentioned are going to be lower than that. But yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be complicated. Yeah. It's going to be the the next season and the end of the season combined. Whoa! And then there's Euro that's been rescheduled. Qatar 2022 mm-hmm. in December. My God. It's going to be crazy. Uh, Matt, gonna... oh, sorry, do you, do you want to kind of unpackage all those questions and what, what to do with all these players? Maybe start with Icardi and what you would do with them and then yeah. kind of talk about who you think might stay and who's definitely leaving. Yeah, sure. Um, so Icardi, I think I'd like to keep him uh, in theory. At the same time, I do think the transfer market, I think we can't really know what the transfer market's uh, going to look like to the point that you were just discussing, really. So while Icardi might look reasonably priced and we might think, oh, there aren't that many, going to be that many options out there, uh, maybe there will be some other options and maybe it's worth sort of not rushing in sort of thing to... Well, well, exactly. You don't know, like, there's probably a lot of other clubs as well where finances are going to be a bit precarious and they might be keen to get someone off their Mm -hmm. books, you know, if we'll pick up the wages. And you'd have to say price of oil currently notwithstanding PSG are probably um, going to be in a better position than most to ride this out. So I would buy, I would like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. The product, I'm I'm not a shield for Qatar, but if you wiki oil production in Qatar for the past 10 years, I think like Luxembourg, 
produces more oil than Qatar. Really? Qatar does not produce oil. It's all about oil. that natural gas. It produces uh, natural gas. gas, which is used for electricity. So they're doing all right. I can't believe uh, Saudi Arabia, not, but Qatar is doing great. I can't believe that my oil and natural gas industry knowledge is not up to scratch. I really need to work on that. They're different. Um, I do do want to note that this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Qatar. Yeah, (laughs) sponsored by Gazprom, lighting up the world. And and Exxon. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, yeah, I would like to keep Icardi with the caveat that I would sort of maybe bide my time and see what the, let the transfer market shake down a bit and see what's going to happen. Uh, The out of contract players can all go as far as I'm concerned, I think. The Cavani probably had his day um, sad as it will be when he leaves. I think there's no point dragging that on because it was a bit, it's all got a bit messy this season already. So I wouldn't want another year of that. Silva, I think I would ideally like to see him stay for another year on reduced wages. That situation that Guillaume just outlined, but I'm not sure how realistic that is for a guy of his stature, whether he's going to accept to do that or not. Uh, but who else is there? Oh, yeah, Munier and Kazava. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and what was the rest of the question? Was that have I answered everything? I think now? you've answered everything there. I was just yeah. curious what to do with the Cardi, so you want to keep them. Yeah. But and, and yeah. in terms of uh, Cavani, you know, if he were to leave, it'd be kind of sad, you know, because I can't imagine. We'll talk about it later, but there's probably not going to be any fans allowed back into yeah, the the stadium, so you're, he's not going to get yeah. that farewell. They just going to do like one massive Zoom call with PSG fans to like <laughs> wish him well or something. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. What a be, it's yeah. kind of sad. Yeah, it would be nice. Um, would... Question yeah, also we should talk about. Um, I mean, he's a, we we all got to discover Kwesi. He's, mm. he's 17 years old. He's done some really solid games, even in the Champions League mm-hmm. at the age of 17. In a difficult, I mean, defensive midfield in, in the Champions League is no joke. Um, but... Um, Again, r- rumors, uh, Leipzig is really, yeah. really, really, really aiming at him. It'd be a huge loss yeah. uh, that, that we lose yet again a diamond from, from the Youth Academy. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's called Contra Aspirant. Aspirant. I don't know how you say in English. It's not professional. Um, it's, it's ending June, uh, June 2020. And uh, I wish, too. I wish he sh- I never can pronounce his name. I wish he sh- was um, a very interesting uh, attacking midfielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know if we're going to hold on to these guys. And considering how financially the clubs are in, 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 in dire condition, mm-hmm. look at all the end of contracts we have. Munier, Kurzawa, Cavani, Silva, Choupo, Rico, Kouassi, Awushish. All those guys can go for free. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna be big, big targets. Every single one of them. Maybe not Chupomotini and Rico, but everybody else yet. So, at least with the two youngsters, hard. you you kind of feel good. It feels like the club did everything they could to sign them, and it was yeah. just they don't want to be here. I think Alshis does and will sign, but Kawasi sees bigger things in the Bundesliga. Uh, but Kose, I want to get your thoughts on Icardi and any other players that are out of contract. What do you think we should do? What should the club do with Icardi? Uh, I mean, I mostly agree with what's been said already. I think that Icardi should definitely be placed as a priority um, because, just like Guillaume said, we already have that option to buy. Um, That is a very, very good price, I feel like, for the type of striker that we would be getting. Um, I think it was like 27 goals in 34 appearances, something like that. It was 
he was I think he's been doing fantastic, especially for for being the first season here. Um, he does already know the club, know the players. He's played for us, um, so you know, putting in that money and just being able to keep him as our as a leading striker, I think would would be a great idea um, on that on that plane. Um, I do think that uh, Matthew's idea about you know taking it a little bit more of a chill approach and seeing um, what other things are happening. You know, one of the crazy things that I read that was that Spurs wanted to offload Harry Kane as fast as they could. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I don't see that happening for us, but wouldn't that be a dream? Yeah. So yeah, I would do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So but in that case, that's what I'm saying. Um, I totally feel like Icardi trying to keep him would be the best thing we could do. Um, up, up with the other guys. Um, I think most of them are, like Matthew said, you know, they're good to leave. Um, I have no interest in keeping Kurzawa or Munier um, after they have had very, very mixed performances at best PSG. Um, and I just think that being able to let those players go um, will free some of our wages. Um, and hopefully we can see if we can, um, you know, offer a better deal to those players that might want to leave. Um, you know, offer something else, more playing time. I've always been a huge fan um, of not getting these. Like, for example, when Sergio Rico was brought into PSG, I thought that move was complete nonsense um, because he he's was played already... like nonsense. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, like, he's already going to be playing... You're free. <laughs> You're but, free. But wouldn't you have preferred... Because it's only alone. Like, wouldn't you have preferred that... Um, I keep forgetting what's his name, the the blonde the Polish keeper that we have. He's like from the Netherlands or something. Boca. Yeah, yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, I was, I kept thinking of Bakker, and I was like, no, the other blonde <laughs> B name. Yeah. He, he looks, he looks interesting. Which is why I was saying, like, it's for me, it's much better to let players like Rico Kuzawa leave and then bring up players that are from a younger level. They're from a younger age. Give them more opportunities in those cup matches, in those big matches that they're gonna yeah. be. Able and there's not going to be as much pressure, um, and then they can really, they can really like you know grow into the team and become really good players instead of you know playing third fiddle to Sergio Rico, who's already not playing anything um, at PSG. So let those contract players expire, let them leave, um, and have other people come in. I do agree, up to a level that keeping Cavani um, would be really nice. You know, obviously I personally love the guy, um, and keeping him one more year, just like Thiago Silva, as as um, you know, as a backbone of the team on reduced wages, that would be very, very smart. But it also seems um, like it would be something that's hard to achieve, mm-hmm. considering what those players have been used to during all these years at the club. Um, so if that could be a thing, you know, let's do that. Um, but if not, let them leave. Um, we gotta find younger players to fill on those those uh, you know sub sub gaps. Well, now that I've, I've heard that everyone's thoughts, oh, so go ahead, go ahead, Guillaume. Oh, yeah, no, if I can add to the situation, um, this, we're not going to call it the summer transfer window because there's going to be football played yeah, this the, summer. The fall. So I don't know when the transfer window is going to be uh, opened. Uh, but look at the situation. There's, it's probably for Paris Saint-Germain and its genius CPAs and accounting people and lo- herds of lawyers, the transfer market with the biggest opportunities everywhere. Uh, Look what's happening with Manchester City. Are they going to be banned for two years of the Champions League? Hopefully. Uh, uh, um, If it's a case and, you know, uh, 
there's a lot of players that may be like, hmm. And don't forget, financial fair play is going to be relaxed, I think they said, when the window does open. It's going to be relaxed. So, but City got caught hard, really hard uh, with the, like, you know, yeah. whatever. We haven't. Yeah. Uh, for, for, for yet. <laughs> um, there's a, there's going to be a lot of clubs that they're going to need to offload players because they just can't. I mean, uh, Paris Saint-Germain's, um, how do you say? I'm, my English is terrible today. The, the, the ticket sales. Yeah. So the, the match day revenue yearly is around 100 million euros. Uh, that has been cut by more than half. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the case for many, 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 many other clubs. And uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. And thank God we have Leonardo and Jean-Claude Blanc um, and all our scouts and agents. Uh, agents love Paris Saint-Germain. So predictions are great, but we could see uh, nothing happening. Uh, all our loans uh, extended. All the players uh, at the end of contract extended for another year and not much happening in the transfer market and we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we could see Neymar stay and Mbappé go on the low. I mean, it's... Whoa! It's going to be... We've gone that half an hour without talking about Neymar. It's been lovely. That's pretty crazy. Well, I guess I the only news that did come out I'm is sorry about him. Yeah. <laughs> Neymar's mum isn't on the running order, guys. Just so that you're behind the curtain, which is well, unfortunate. That was I should have I should have added that myself. Her anyway, no, sorry, 22 year old boyfriend. Nobody's yeah. gonna buy Neymar. Nobody's gonna buy Neymar this summer. There's no. Yeah, there's no way. So we we can we can we can we know he's staying. Mbappe probably is staying too. But and anything can happen. And there's a lot of opportunities. And um, we've got somehow we. We, we bypass FFP, we find ways, uh, we have new amazing uh, uh, sponsor deals. Accor kept his contract. That's they crazy. were like, maybe we're going to not pay January because, you know, but no, they're, they're going to pay it. And it's like 85 million euros. So, um, yeah, we know we have cash. Um, we, we're kind of good at dealing with FFP. They could be Incredible surprises this summer, or nothing, or a mix of both. But yeah. it, it's the most interesting transfer market coming up in years. Yeah, it's going to so be So hopefully we, it's going to be incredible. Uh, before we move on to the next topic, I just wanted to share my thoughts on our carding. Now that everyone's gone, I can kind of say what I think. I, I agree. I think we should try. But I feel like deep down, his wife, agent, Wanda Naris, I feel like she wants to be in Italy. And I don't think there's anything that PSG does. If they pay the $70 million, he's going to say, look, i got to go back to Italy. It's just easier for my family, for my wife and her career. So I think if that's the case, then you, you have to look at, well, what can we get for him? We mentioned maybe sending him to Napoli for Koulibaly, or maybe there's a package deal with Juventus. The Icardi and Juventus have always wanted to get together and do business together. So maybe there's something that could be done there. But uh, I just don't know if he wants to be in Paris. I think it's too much of a strain on the family. So if that's the case, we have to make the best out of a a rough situation. I'd love for him to stay. He was great at the beginning of the season, but him not playing against Dortmund, I think, was slightly telling. I don't know if there's friction between him and Tuchel or anything like that, but there's something there. For him not to play a minute is odd, don't you think? If anyone wants to chime in there. Uh, Yeah, it was weird that he didn't come on as well. Uh, I just think, I don't know. I could see, I think we talked to him. 
Yeah, I, I, there probably is. I think, like, you know what he's like. He's obviously one of those characters where he's quite combustible. So it seems unlikely that they've gone for a whole season without having any friction between them. Obviously, Tuchel, you know, is his own man as well. So, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, with Icardi, it depends if there's a market for him. It depends if Juventus actually want him, whether they can afford him, because they've got Ronaldo to pay for as well and all their other players. So I... <laughs> I feel like Rabio. Yeah, Fabio, yeah, Rabio uh, taking all the <laughs> taking all the cash, uh, giving it to Mummy to put under his mattress. Um so I, I feel like there's only a certain number of clubs that can afford Icardi anyway, so I feel like we don't need to feel I don't think we should be like begging him because I think his his options are gonna be limited as well. So he might that's true. really how he ended up here in the first place, right? So that's true. uh uh yeah, I don't know. Uh I I just think we just have to wait and see a little bit. All right. Well, Kose, next question's going to you, and then we'll go around again. Assuming PSG can make one big signing this summer, who do you think it'll be and why? We we already identified several positions that need to be addressed and maybe some nice players that can come in. But if there's one player that they're going to spend, let's say, $60 million or more on, who do you think it's going to be? And you see, this is a very hard question for me because I agree um, with what Guillaume said that our right back situation is looking very, very, you know, dark. Um, and you know, Kerr was put in there to play the Dortmund uh, match. I think he did a, a, a very good job. Um, he definitely showed us something that's a little bit different to what we've been used to, more defensive approach. Um, that could be something that we lean on, you know, further down the line. Um, if that happens, then we might just be able to, you know, have um, a, a system where Kerr and Dagba take most of that pressure off of the right back position. Um, other than that, I think our big signing should be definitely um, Icardi, or if not, um, like you mentioned earlier, Koulibaly. Mm. It's just because I think that throughout all of our years in the Champions League, um, all of our years, you know, during the Qatar era, we've been a team that has been getting better and better in an attacking sense. Um, and then sometimes we're actually cut out uh, defending. Um, and I think our defense could be a lot better. Um, I am personally a very big fan of the Fortress team. Um, and I know that's not the type of team that PUG is. Um, I would think, though, that putting Koulibaly, a player who um, always knows where to position himself, who knows um, how to go in a tackle, who's very physical, who's going to protect the air, um, I think that's definitely a, a very, very good addition to what our defense would be. Um, and even though we could potentially look for a midfielder, um, a star midfielder to bring in, I think our midfield is, is mostly balanced and that we should really focus um, our big signing efforts. If we're going to spend a lot of money, um, spend it on a center back like Koulibaly. Um, if not, then I would love to see more right backs being brought in. Um, Yusuf Atal, I think, is an amazing option um, because he's just so, oh, yeah. so, he's just so silky on the ball, technical, perfect crossing, knows how to attack. Um, would come relatively cheap, so I think that's an amazing um, option. Or um, yeah, yeah, and um, or there, you know, there could be other other right backs that I've been looking at. You know, what have whatever happened to Kenny Lala? Um, he was very, very proficient for a single season, and I, I think he wouldn't. 
And that's the podcast title sorted, Ed. Whatever yeah. happened to Kenny Lala? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I love it. And so just basically, um, that would be my point of view, trying to get really a strong um, aerial center back that would aid our defense um, or really strengthen our right back position. Um, I think we can, you know, we can keep on going with the midfield and, and more than we can be more than happy with the attack that we have. So other than that, I think that's what we should focus on. Guillaume, I know you're a... Uh... Blinkovich Savage uh, fan. Is that the where PSG should spend their money or Koulibaly or you got another name for us? Well, it's difficult to handle the Icardi situation, get Koulibaly and get Savage at the mm-hmm. same time. But yeah, he's my dream. I mean, he would bring so much, so much to the team. We don't have that type of player. We don't have that guy who's... Um, was a bull physically, uh, that technique. Um, he's, he's, a, he's an animal. Yeah, he does it all. Uh, he's a good dribbler. He's a mean tackler. He's great in the air. He's got a mean shot, and uh, he's he's full of vice. He's, he's wonderful. Um, but like um, like he's been said, there's going to be so many opportunities. A club like. For example, a club like Nice is going to be in trouble financially. Mm-hmm. Atal would be a wonderful, wonderful option. Um, we have so many options. Um, we, um, we have Diallo, who's a decent left back. Mm-hmm. So more defensive-minded. You, you know now uh, Tuchel, Tuchel um, likes to play with one, one uh, fullback that stays defense and the other one goes up front. And that can be done on the right on the left we have options if we have Diallo left back and Atal right back that works if we have Kerr right back and Teles or Bernat left back that works too so we have these options um, Atal probably would be a phenomenal signing and Nice is gonna probably be willing to sell for, for a reasonable price so if we get Teles and Atal mm-hmm. it's wonderful but the the critical um, and, and number one priority is the center back. Uh, uh, forget about the, the Silva situation in terms of contract. It's just his age. He's on the way down. We need a world-class center back. Napoli financially, I'm not sure they're going to handle that, that period. Koulibaly could... could he, he speaks French. Yeah. Um, he, he apparently bought a gigantic apartment yeah, guys. it's under construction um you know is is the, the number one priority if we lose Icardi, we'll manage yeah we will and by pay can play uh, a front neymar too i mean yeah, there's, there's options um we can manage that it should replace Thiago Silva. asap um i'm not saying he's gonna leave he could he can, that it could be extended for a year and you know be it come from the bench fantastic um we need kudibali 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 uh savage oh my god yes sure but it's not you know yeah the priority oh i love this i love this player <laughs> matt do you love uh savage as much as uh yeah. guillaume or you got another transfer you're pining over nah, not as much as guillaume obviously <laughs> i don't think anyone does outside of <laughs> Lazio or like Serbia or somewhere <laughs> but um, uh, yeah I, I think uh, not much to add really I think Koulibaly would be my choice as well it seems like 
a good time as well because he's had a lot of problems, I think, at Napoli this season, hasn't he? There's been a lot of friction between the senior players and the president and stuff. So I think I think we need to just go for it, really. I think it's it's a good opportunity. I think we can probably get him a bit undervalue and you just see the sort of what he brings to the to the table, particularly in those big games uh, domestically and in the Champions League, uh, that is something that would really fit nicely with the profile of our other players. And, you know, I think we saw last summer with um, Juventus paying all that money for um, the Dutch guy whose name just like has literally gone straight out of my head. What's he called? The Ajax player who... Was it Dion? Yeah, no, the other one. You saw like how much they overpaid for him after one good season. There aren't many good centre-backs. like So when there's one who's in your range and who would probably be interested for all the reasons that you guys have discussed, I think you can't afford not to go and try and get him ready. So that'd be my number one. And anything else is really a bonus. I think all the other areas of the pitch we can probably get by. Like maybe you need a left-back or if Kazar was going to leave but I think right back we could probably manage if worse came to worse midfield we've got much better options than we had this time or sort of certainly 18 months ago and yeah I think up front obviously we've got goals in us so I think that but that centre-back position is definitely where I'd be where I'd be looking and uh, yeah see it's been so long ago you guys have all forgotten that uh, Marquinhos and Kipembe completely shut out Dortmund 2 0. Yeah, King Pembe. So, King Pembe was back after like 18 months. Yeah. Oh, where's game. the confidence what in those two next season? Yeah. yeah, we don't need Kulabali. I, I, I think uh, Savage would be a better signing. Put him in the midfield with Adrisa Gay and maybe Andrew Herrera or somebody like that and, uh, and drop Marquinhos back at center back. No? Uh, sure. Let's get Kulabali, Savage. Sandro. No, no Koulibaly. Atal, no. Harry Kane. And keep everybody else. <laughs> if only it was that easy. While we're taking a quick water break, we wanted to share a great podcast with you from the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Going Deep is a Raiders podcast that is determined to chronicle the Raiders' return to greatness. Ideally, under the watch of Coach John Gruden. He turned the franchise around once before and has a firm grasp of the Raiders' mystique created by the late owner of the team, Al Davis. That mystique is dormant due to years of losing, but Gruden's passion lies in bringing it back to life. Join your host, yours truly, Luke Straub. I write for the Raiders Wire of the USA Today Sports Media Group and my Raiders bro in arms, Raider Larry Marbley, who is a huge part of the Raider Nation online community as we chronicle the Raiders' return to greatness after every game and midweek as well with special guest appearances. The Raiders will hoist the Super Bowl trophy once again, so keep it locked to going deep. You're not going to want to miss it. All right, well, let's move on to the next topic. We're going to talk a little Champions League, potentially VAR going away. Apparently, getting all these referees in a confined little room watching computer screens is not advised by any health uh, professional. So, wear a mask. Yeah, you could wear a mask. I don't know. But they're thinking of maybe doing away with that. So, how worried are you really about that? We don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but uh, Matt, we'll start with you. What, what are your I thoughts mean, about that kind of way? I'm generally pleased if it went away forever and people could forget it ever existed. I would be delighted because <laughs> um, VR is rubbish. Uh, uh, but um, I feel like if they take it, I feel it's weird to take it away like halfway through a competition. It's a bit odd. And I also feel like if they take it away, 
we will definitely get screwed over because there'll be some kind of obviously wrong decision that doesn't get corrected. Uh, and then it will come back next season. It'll be like, ha, 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 VR got you again, yeah. this time by its absence. So I'm generally fairly relaxed about it going away. It sounds like a good idea to me. Uh, but um, yeah, obviously wary that we will end up being the full guys for this, this strange uh, turn of events. Guillaume, what do you think about this? You had something to say earlier. Well, we, we got eliminated because of the lack of VAR. Mm-hmm. We got eliminated, eli- oh my God, eliminated <laughs> because of VAR. Yes. And also, it's very easily, technically, to separate those guys, put them in separate rooms, uh, and they do their job. So I don't. It's not even that hard. Why can't they just get like those little bubbles? They can, like, the referees can sit in little bubbles that have they like. They could do it from home. <laughs> You can do it from home. You could do it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's, working it's, from cool. Home. It's, cool. it's called video streaming. Um, it, it's been around for a while. How would, yeah, but how would you get around the IP lag, though? Like, they'd be sort of a few seconds behind. And that's even if, what if they're watching on a legal stream? Sometimes I'm like five minutes behind or something. You've got to think about these things. Well, they, 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 they use replay, don't they? Yeah, yeah, fair point. They may be waiting for like a Reddit highlight or something to go get posted (laughs) so they can see the replay and then make their decision. You have to wait until someone gifts it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A gift. Yeah, Yeah, they they need an animated gift. They use gifts. They pull out the protractors. A a, a lot of memes. Kose, what do you think? See, when I was was reading through the program and I saw this question, um, see, the only thing I could think about is... PSG is playing in the Bernabeu. Um, Tony Kroos receives a, a pass. Um, Lochelso taps his shoulder. He flops <laughs> the box. It's a penalty. Not only is it not a penalty, but he was also offside when he got that ball. Um, Real Madrid tie 1-1, and then we go on to lose the game 3-1. So, for me... I, I mean, there's always the mentality, there's always the point of view, what Liam said, we've lost because of lack of VAR, we've lost because of VAR, um, but for me, people taking out VAR is, does make me very, very nervous, um, because I like to be able to know that referees should go back and should check. Um, I know we got scored on against, uh, Real Madrid scored against us through Bale, and that goal was you know, called off thanks to VAR, um, you know, changing the game completely. They had actually gotten to score that goal. So I think that more often than not, VAR is helpful. Um, I will never agree with Matthew's idea that it should be taken out forever. Um, (laughs) I think it should be developed further into the game every day. Um, And I just really like when VAR is there. I think that the great majority of the time they know how to you know, they know how to correct their choices. They know how to, to, you know, make the correct decision. So I think that, you know, figuring out how are the referees going to be in the room, you know, figuring out if they're going to clean it, use masks, I don't care. Um, but VAR, we started with VAR. This is the biggest football competition that's not the World Cup. Um, and VAR has to be, has to be implemented. I, I would get very nervous if not. Yeah, it does seem weird to take it out in the middle of a competition. Because if a team had like maybe allowed a goal because of VAR, it just seems like the competition isn't fair. It's got to be the same throughout. You can't change the rules midway through. It seems very strange. But we said if any team's going to win an asterisk, uh, Champions League, it's going to be PSG. So maybe maybe they, they will do that. 
Um, I'm going to combine the next two questions, which really talks about the, the remainder of the season. So there's been speculation that Legon could return June 17th um, and mm-hmm. end June 30th. And then after that, the Champions League. August 3rd. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then um, the, the Champions League would run for the rest of August. And basically, PSG would have to play, I think I read, a game every three days. And so with this long of a layoff, is your major concern with this scheduling that there we are being set up for just massive casualties in terms of injuries at PSG? We've already had injury issues this season, but... Every three days and that kind of a schedule. I mean, how concerned are you guys about the the potential schedule? We'll go with uh, Guillaume first. I mean, we have depth. Um, we haven't had Herrera all season. He's got plenty of time to get back, and and so that you know he can play. He's a decent right back. He played right back. He was all right. Well, he had a few bad games too. But Herrera will be back. Bernat, who was just back. Well, I don't know if it's ideal. To have suddenly a you know a huge stop in his, his in his physical progression, Diallo um, was injured on enough. So we have these three guys. We still have our youth. Um, League One is in the bag. Mm-hmm. Not too worried. Um, also, for Neymar, you know, <laughs> he's not getting injured. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not too worried. It's going to be okay. a challenge for the the fitness teams. Sure. Um, but good thing we have a really good fitness uh, team, though. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, we have a new uh, no, we have a new medical. The fitness team, uh, yeah. Well, it's it's an endless debate. Yeah. We're never happy with it. But I'm not I'm not too worried. Uh, we should be alright. We have we have depth. That's for good. The first time in years. So. Yeah, but the problem is, is Mbappe always wants to play every single game. So even if it's like a meaningless league on game right at this point, he's going to want to play and play 150 percent. That's what I'm most worried about. We're starting healthy, but how long will that last? Matt, what, do you have any concerns about this schedule? Uh, not especially. I think um, I don't think any of the other league and teams are going to have a lot of sympathy for us, to be honest. So look at our squad and think like, boo-hoo, how will PSG cope with their enormous, highly paid squad? I think that I think our depth is a lot better than it was this time last year, and I think we'll probably manage. I'm and I think everyone's going to have their own problems like of this. I think the fact that we're so far ahead probably helps us because realistically, if Lee Gun comes back, then it's pretty much in the bag, isn't it? So we'll be able to rotate quite heavily out of four and hopefully we'll be able to, to manage. Uh, and, you know, something catastrophic will happen. But uh, you know, in theory, we should be we should be fine, I think. You guys seem pretty confident. Like we've got like a Liverpool type lead. I mean, we're only ahead 12 points over Marseille. It's, it's a lead, yeah. but... You know, you lose a couple of games all of a sudden. Come on. No, physically, it's, it's going to be interesting because everybody's going to be at the same level. And yeah, that's, true. that's been our main problem this season. People coming back from injury, new injuries, blah, 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 blah. Huge differences in physical um, levels. We saw that during the first leg against Dortmund. And that explained two shells tactics and, and all. So everybody's going to be bar, rock bottom physically. But the group can be brought up as a group, uh, and that 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 helps a lot. That's that's easier to handle for the fitness and medical uh, staff okay. than players all over the place. So, not not too worried. And League One, yeah, no, <laughs> so, that's in the bag. No. Uh, Kose, do you share this optimism and this hectic schedule that could be coming up? Um, 
Yes, yes and no. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I agree with everything that has been said in the sense that our debt, um, you know, hasn't been better in the last six years. Um, we definitely have uh, a lot better squad to handle this type of situation. I am personally really excited to see, you know, like a, you know, big tournaments being crammed into short periods of times in the in the in the summer mm -hmm. um, but I think it could become an issue if we're not wary of it um, and I think that to to be able to be okay and to be able to handle um, these these you know high congested uh, schedules I think we, we need to really uh, focus on rotation um, and I don't think that that has been the best strength from Tuchel um so that is where my worry lies uh, other than you know rather than somewhere else is like will he be able to rotate the squad effectively um if we do follow that schedule that you just mentioned before i think that the best thing we could do um is use a pretty you know a pretty b team um during the 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 league on match days um like Guillaume said use you know some players here some players there start bringing um, the fitness level of the whole group together, um, but you know, take advantage of that space that we have in the league. Take advantage of the depth that we have. Use those secondary, tertiary players. Even play the league. You know, lose a few games, win the league, um, and then have a fully fit squad ready to play a World Cup type competition situation um, in the Champions League, and just you know, go wherever they have to go. Start the same team three, four, five times in a single month. Um, but then being able to handle it because they've been prepared physically prior to that um, and they also haven't gotten injured, you know, hopefully during that time where we're using that B squad or that C squad. It's interesting. It's going to be very kind of similar, which it didn't happen, but March Madness, if anyone's a college basketball fan, where they just cram this tournament into one month, basically. So it's kind of... It's going to be similar. Mark Damon, another contributor of ours, he said something about, you know, maybe UEFA would pick two venues and send, you know, a couple teams here and a couple teams over there. And then basically you just stay there and play to limit the travel back and forth. Because I think we can all safely assume there's no fans going to be allowed in these stadiums. So he's thinking Until that they may. Yeah. October, probably. Yeah. yeah. So maybe to cut down on the traveling, just pick two venues and have the teams in the quarterfinals and beyond just stay there until they're knocked out. So that's an interesting um, concept. So we'll see what but, is decided hey, there. Guys, next season, physically, with the disruption to this season, if they cram everything in summertime, yeah. the new season will start in September. So there's no break. And you have a whole season there. And at the end of that season, it's the Euro 2021. And then at the you know at the end of the following season, it's a World Cup. It's going to be a it's going to be a massacre. Yeah, it makes you wonder what would happen if this was like a World Cup year, and this was going on. You know, with all the money at stake and everything, I'm sure that they would cancel it. But it's an interesting question. You know, this is this virus is something they don't think is going away anytime soon. So what if it does pop like up again in 2022? This is it. And I feel like we can't assume that this season will be completed anyway because you're already like pushing it. Like if there is a second, you know, batch of virus or what have you, then you I know there's a financial imperative to get it done with the Champions League and with the top leagues, but you're already seeing in, in the UK a lot of the lower divisions are being voided and they're just saying, Well, it's cancelled and it, you know, 
we just have to ignore this and start again next year. And I wonder if that's, you know, if that's the way we'll end up going. It seems probably not because I think the money will will rule the roost as it usually does. But you never know. Like, I don't think it's certain that all these things will happen. Are they prepared over in the UK if uh, Liverpool is denied the title? Are they prepared for the rioting that's going to ensue? Uh, I think that I'd say about 30, because like everyone's a Liverpool fan here, like the <laughs> highest supported club, right? So I'd say about 80% of the nation are ready to laugh. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't mind Liverpool, but a lot of people really don't like them. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say most of the country are getting ready to laugh because it is quite funny. Uh, and the Liverpool fans are, you know, taking it in their usual yeah, yeah usual manner so <laughs> you can oh, yeah. imagine i'm sure if you've met any of them on twitter you'll yeah know, they're very so. reasonable fan base i'm just thankful we're not doing coupe de la league this next season that's true oh, man we could get another year out of the coupe de la league that is exciting I yeah the coupe it's de de that was going yeah maybe best get... trophy in sports if you ask me. exactly yeah yeah amazing trophy and we get to, we should get to keep it right because we've won it the most times so I think so. I mean, that's the, I'm gonna go to the, that's the only France one we have in a, in, a, in a trophy room. It's yeah. full, full of Coupe de la Ligue, so we shouldn't yeah. make too much. It's worth the price of admission, <laughs> then, for a stadium tour we just to see it. We much more than that. If they let me touch it or hold it up, I'd I'd pay. I'd buy two stadium tours just for that. Uh, I wonder if a player one. from like PSG's past has ever put one on, up for sale, like the little mini ones. I, I would love a mini yeah. Coupe de la Liga. Like, I could put coffee in it, put beer in it. Yeah. I would use it all the time. <laughs> Um, pot. I mean, it, I think it's got a few too many holes for coffee or beer, actually. But um, I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to set an eBay alert when this is over. So I'll race you there, Ed. Okay, that's good. All right, one last topic. So this kind of came up because I was watching the, the Michael Jordan documentary that was, uh, I think it was last weekend. And I don't know if you guys remember, but Neymar has a documentary coming out on Netflix. PSG has one that Amazon is shooting this season. So we'll go around, and I want to know what storyline from this season are you most interested in seeing the the behind the scenes of what really was going on? Is it the Cavani transfer situation um, in January? Was it Neymar's injury last fall, or was it maybe they started shooting during the whole Neymar drama with Barcelona? Was it would he leave? So what storyline from the season? We'll we'll start with uh, Kose. Um. So I. When it comes to these things, um, I'm honestly welcoming anything that they'll give me because, you know, being able to look behind the facade and what we're, you know, what we're always seeing in the social media pages and all of that and being able to see the players interact, um, I just think it's incredibly fun. Um, I know there's a really good Spanish documentary about Spain winning the World Cup, um, and that, that's just amazing because they, like, interview players and they do all of this stuff. Um, so I think, like, going through the journey of whatever you know feats we achieve this season will be just 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 that in itself will already be I, I believe a pretty good documentary um, but then if you ask me what I specifically want to see I would love to see um, some talk about the women's team um, because I really really like their team um, I feel like they don't get enough um, just you know in general coverage I think they're um, I want to know like how good they are because i know they're pretty good but they're still not like leon level like the best best yeah european feminine club so i would love to see a little bit more of that um and of course the basic one just you know get to delve into the friendship that neymar and mbappe have um see you know they like actually are they just like friends in the field like they do stuff together like how how far does that brotherhood go um i think all of those would be pretty interesting things to have um you know on the tv 
I like it. Uh, Guillaume, what storyline from the season do you want to learn more about? It's not going to be about the season because I think that it's already shot and produced. So it's, oh, it's already been shot and produced? I thought they were shooting it like through the season, but okay. But let's just say if they were, what storyline would you want to learn more about? I'm, I'm not uh, expecting anything very interesting. What I like about those is the thing because they said it's like you can see little brief scenes between players and uh, you make up your own mind. You, you, you see, a, you know, interaction between players and coaches and stuff that the media doesn't doesn't bring up ever. And uh, so you learn more about the intimacy of the group, of the storyline. It's whatever, they, you know, what, what do you think it's going to be? When, yeah. when the media talks about Paris Saint-Germain, it's Neymar, Mbappé, Neymar, 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 Mbappé, Neymar, Neymar. Tuchel doesn't have control over his group. Done. <laughs> in the can. So, but I'll watch just for that, for those brief few seconds where you see interactions between players, staff, and coach. That's, that's nice. Yeah, that should be really interesting. Matt, any uh, storylines? Uh, so I'll be watching too uh, with a slightly cynical eye because I find, I've watched the Man City one and I feel it's so polished oh. that you, it has no... Did you watch the, the Sunderland beyond. one? Yes, I was going to say, yeah. is the Sunderland one famous? Is that a thing in the US? That, it is I with me. I've seen one. both of them and the last season was fabulous. I loved it. It's just amazing. Oh, like, yeah? Yeah, it's but, really but, good. Yeah, yeah I would oh, definitely yeah? recommend anyone who has not watched it to look up Sunderland Till I Die. Okay. It's a really great documentary if you like football and you want to see a sort of warts and all sort of portrayal of life at a fairly rubbish football club, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, leaving that aside, I think for our one, like I say, I'm not... I think what the guy said is absolutely right. I think you get those nice... The shots in the Man City one were great and there was some interesting... You saw a bit of that banter and sort of interaction. I'll be interested to see how they handle the whole Neymar thing at the start of the season because obviously, like Guillaume said, it will. it's going to be very Neymar heavy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because of who he is. But how do you sort of... I think that he looks quite bad in that situation and I wonder how they'll handle it, whether they'll be honest about it and say, you know, maybe uh, this could have been handled a bit better from, from his side or whether they'll kind of just brush over it and go straight into the season. Everybody's happy and he's scoring amazing goals. And uh, so I'll be quite interested to see the treatment they give to that, but I'm not really expecting any exciting revelations either, to be honest, but I will definitely be watching and I'm looking forward to yeah. it. And I didn't know there was going to be an actual Neymar documentary as well. Yeah. It's, I think specific to him, that one's going to be on Netflix. And like I said, the other one will be on Amazon. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Yeah. I'm sure the Neymar one would be very polished and favorable to him and, uh, Keeping up with the Neymars, presumably. Probably. His new new stepdad, his sister will be hanging off his (laughs) arm, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sorry. Sorry, Neymar. I'm sure it'll be great. I love it. I'm really excited. I hope that they show when after they lost to uh, Dortmund in the first leg and they had the wild party where they're taking their shirts off and dancing, and then I guess Leonardo came in and yelled at the players. Like, that whole situation, I want to see how that went down. Like, I just want to see, like, Leonardo looking at his phone, seeing the pictures, and just slamming it down on the ground and yes! storming off. Like, I want to see that whole situation yeah. play out. I like the drama. I like trash TV. So hopefully we get to see some of that. Absolutely. <laughs> it should be good. All right, guys, we got a ton of questions. Thank you, everyone who sent them in. I posted on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So questions came from all over. But let's just go in and um, go through these really quickly. Uh, this one came from at NKHandaHA from Instagram. 
when the season starts again, who do you anticipate being the most in shape and the most out of shape? Kose, do you want to take this one? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, footballers are humans. Um, they're just like ourselves. And some of them will be staying on regime and working out. Some of them will probably not be as much. Um, I would probably go uh, to bed for the highest workers. So I would think that players like Gaye, um, Cavani, probably you could say Bernat, um, those would be the kind of, Marquinhos, those would be the kind of players that you know they're going to be fit, you know they're going to be ready to just go in the game, play. Um, other than that, I think that we're just going to see pretty baseline um, fitness throughout the whole squad. I hope that we don't get a Hazard-type situation. Um, I hope Didn't he all- admit that he's really struggling not to, like, eat pies and stuff? <laughs> yeah, I can't said, like, you know, the quarantine, um, and like I said, they're all humans. Uh, we got to cut in some slack, but I, you know, this is what they're getting paid for. Um, and I would not, I would not expect um, anyone other than just like the really hardworking squad players um, who are known for their will to, you know, keep getting better. Um, those will be the players that will for sure be fit when the time comes. Uh, Guillaume, most in shape, most out of shape. Well, like, like it was discussed before, there's not, not going to be a break between the end of this season and the next season. So all the players will be bought out physically at the same time. So they should be all pretty much in shape at the beginning of, of the season. There we go. There you go. Next, Matt? the following season will be completely different issue. <laughs> Matt, who do you think? I like, this is a great question. Whoever came up with this, well done to you. Um, I think that most in shape, yeah, Cavani definitely because he's a specimen and he'll have been like wrestling like with bears on his ranch or whatever <laughs> during the off season. Uh, the out of shape, well, Kazar was really stupid, so probably him. <laughs> he's probably been like getting quick burgers delivered to his house throughout the lockdown. And Verratti, obviously, I can't believe. I mean, what's his? You know. How many cigarettes has he had in the last, like, two months? Like, the mind boggles, doesn't it? So he'll be, like, coughing and spluttering his way back onto the page. <laughs> See, he did a video with the club recently, and yes, I thought he looked yeah, really, really skinny. So I, I was going to say him is my most in shape, but he may not he be did. in shape. He may have been smoking cigarettes. Who knows? I was going to say, cigarettes keep you skinny. So uh, <laughs> that's probably that's probably the reason. I thought he looked quite not that great, to be honest. But yeah. no one looks great on webcam, do they? So, yeah, that's uh, true. I mean, look at all of us here. Yeah, quite, yeah. Um, I was going to say Icardi. He already looked like he had gained a few pounds earlier, you know, from the winter break. So I thought, you know, being in his compound in Italy and laying around, I thought he might have picked up a few pounds. So be interested to see his waistline when he comes back. Uh, so great question there. Um, this one, Matt, we're going to your part of the world. At Joseph.J or GK underscore, he wants to know what will be the impact of Ben Salman buying Newcastle uh, beyond football? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think it's quite interesting that I don't know if you guys have seen that basically BN. Are... I've gone there. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, BN are trying to block uh, this happening uh, because they basically don't like Saudi Arabia, which is quite amusing. Uh, and I hope that doesn't happen because really it's quite murky, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see. I think that there's so much money in the Premier League anyway that it kind of you add one more in, it doesn't make that much difference really. Uh, one more like murky owner, but I, I don't know. I can't sit here and say that it's a terrible. Basically, I think it's terrible. I don't think these people should be involved in football. But as a PSG fan, I accept that our ownership is what it is, sort of thing. So, uh, I I don't know. I feel really conflicted about it. And um, 
I don't think I don't think we're going to see Newcastle challenging at the top of the table. To be honest, I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to spend the amount of money required, and I don't think there's the space for them to uh, to muscle their way in. See, I think it's going to make the folks down in Sunderland just really pissed off. They're already <laughs> two leagues down, and now they're seeing their neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're seeing their neighbors get all this money and challenging for Champions League titles. So, uh, Guillaume, do you have any thoughts on this? Have you been following the news at all? Um, I, I like Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we discovered Newcastle through the, the club, not the beer. Yeah, the beer is not. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, the beer is not. But um, yeah, I, I always like Newcastle because of Ginola. And mm. um, to me, they, they, they come out a little bit like the, the, the English Dortmund. The, 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 yeah. the, you know, they have the stripes and they, they look like bees too. Um, but like Matt said, I mean, what's another 200 million pounds to uh, bought up to the EPL? It's, it's a drop in a bucket. Um, it's it's a traditional big football area of England, and it'd be great to see them do well again. Um, yeah, Bean is trying to block it because it's Saudi money, and they created Be Out or whatever, which is a pirate channel. I mean, uh, <laughs> politics, politics, yeah. and money. And, and geopolitics, uh, which is part of our everyday life at Paris Saint-Germain, isn't it? Yeah. So it's very interesting to... You should do a podcast on that, Guillaume. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It is. Or I will say, three, we, we joke, but that's one three, of the better the podcasts three people, <laughs> three people are interested in it. Maybe four. So. <laughs> I thought it was fascinating. I loved it. That um, was a good one. Yeah. Kose, what do you think? Um, so I, I personally, um, I personally really like the Magpies. I think they're a very fun team, um, and they have a, a bunch of players that I really like. Especially, um, you know, during the time that Rafa came back, you know, brought them up from the Champions League. Um, he had great signings, and um, you know, following Lascelles' career into club captain, um, I think it's a very interesting club, and I think that it's it's really exciting for them if they do get all this money. Um, and if they're able to push for what they want to push. But I'm honestly just smelling a lot of unhappy owners um, in the Premier League because the mar- does this, is, is the market you know, is just getting really saturated. Everybody's spending thousands and thousands of millions of dollars um, in, in these squads to fulfill objectives that they're not going to be able to fulfill. Um, especially, you know, with a club that has to be revamped in many areas to even challenge for European places like Newcastle. Um, I think that it would have been a much better move. Um, and this is, you know, just me pulling this out of nowhere, but they could have, like, you know, bought Marseille. Um, and that could have given them a chance to, you know, challenge right. for Champions League spot every season, having a massive fan base as well, a great stadium. Um, much more exposure and, you know, being able to monetize the Classique. I just think there's much better opportunities outside of the Premier League um, when it's all already kind of all of the same. Um, and so I just, I just don't think that they're going to be able to achieve. If, they, if, they, if it goes through, I just don't think they're going to be able to achieve what they want to. Um, I think their investment would have been better somewhere else. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I think if you're a fringe team outside the Champions League spot, like maybe Arsenal and 
even Manchester United now, having another team come in with that kind of financial backing should worry you. Like, will you qualify for a Champions League anytime soon and, and get that financial windfall? It's, uh, it's nervy times for some of those teams outside looking in with Newcastle potentially getting rich owners. So it'll be interesting. But uh, we got a few more questions, but I feel like we addressed a lot of them in the podcast. So if you sent one in, hopefully you got the answer to what you were looking for in the show. Uh, we did run a little bit long, so we're going to wrap everything up. Um, we'll go with Guillaume. We want to let people know how to find you on Twitter or social media, or you don't have to say anything if you don't want people to find you. Off, off the door one on Twitter. I haven't been active, I have to say, for the past. How long has it been? Seven weeks? It's been eight weeks. I, the days are running together. I lost track. <laughs> I just talk about football, and there's no football, so right now. Well, somehow we did an hour-long podcast on football with no football, so pat ourselves on the back. Uh, Matt, how can people find you? Uh, you can look me up on Twitter as well, at PSG Tourist. Uh, I have not been as active as usual and not as many uh, you know, funny pictures and Jeremy Menez updates, but I'll be back soon. Uh, You've got some good pictures of Cavani on the farm, though. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. There's never, there's never a shortage of pictures of Cavani. Uh, with I'm going to do a big thread about that. I'm looking forward. I've already got it in my drafts ready for when he leaves. So something to look forward to. <laughs> and Kose, um, you guys can find me at Kose uh, Spinoza. It's just pretty simple on Twitter. I'm always trying to post things that you know show the different side of football um, than what we see all the time. So you know, always for you guys. <laughs> Fantastic. And I'm always uh, at PSG Talk. Visit PSGTalk.com. We've got a bunch of rubbish transfer rumors up there. So if you want to waste some time, <laughs> go read that. And uh, with that, thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate us, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks. <laughs>